Welcome to No Ad, No Problem, a podcast devoted to college tennis and growing the game. Check us out on Twitter at JTweetsTennis and Instagram at No Ad, No Problem. I'm your host, John. Let's serve it up. Hey everyone, joining me on today's show, fresh off of her visit to the White House, is rising North Carolina junior Carson Tangillig. This past season, Carson clinched North Carolina's first NCAA team title and also won the NCAA doubles title with partner Fiona Crawley. Carson, welcome to the show and congrats on all of your success these past few years. How are you doing today? Um, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, you know, um, it's an honor to be on here and, you know, talk to one of the most knowledgeable people about college tennis. So um, thank you. Look at you turning the script and giving me compliments here. That's my job at the outset of these intros. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm um, so thankful to have you on the show. I think we have to start with your recent visit to the White House. You and your teammates joined 46 other NCAA team champions across all three NCAA divisions at College Athlete Day. What was that experience like? It was crazy, insane, like just being able to be on the White House lawn, going through that security line, being in D.C. It's not usually a place I go to very often. It was just a super surreal experience. And unfortunately, um, Mr. President couldn't be there. He had some emergency uh, I think it was a root canal. So we got to see uh, Madam Vice President speak, but nonetheless, it was an awesome experience. And we got to go to the Capitol afterwards. It was us and our field hockey team because they're quite accomplished as well. And so we got to meet our representative for Orange County here in Chapel Hill and just see a bunch of cool stuff in DC. So it was like a crazy whirlwind of 24, 36 hours. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that they do that event. It's cool that they bring a lot of the teams together on one day. So, you know, in your mm-hmm. case, you have the field hockey team. I'm I'm sure you know other student athletes on the team and what a special experience to experience as North Carolina athletes meeting your representative and kind of doing all of those DC traditions. When I first heard about the root canal, I was like, is that a joke he's skipping out on college athlete day yeah. but I, I i did verify through the news that he didn't yes. um have a root canal but still an awesome experience to meet a madam vice president super cool and kind of a culmination of just what a whirlwind last month you have had to recap you clinched north carolina's first ncaa team title you win the ncaa doubles title becoming the first women's pair to win both the team and doubles event since 2010. And it's already been announced you earn a main draw wildcard to the U.S. Open. Has the last month sunk in or is it still very much whirlwind mentality right now? Still very much whirlwind mentality. You know, like I came back, I'm in Chapel Hill right now and I came back after going home for a couple of weeks and, you know, I walk into Purple Bowl, one of our favorite places to eat at. And she's like, congrats. And I'm like, like, that's so awesome. And I was like, on what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, all of that totally just happened. So it's just been insane. And all the support that everyone's been giving me and just the people who have congratulated me and uh, seen me grow on my tennis journey has been so awesome. And I feel like it definitely hasn't sunk in yet. And I still forget that in a couple, two short months, we're going to New York City. So it's definitely been one of the craziest months and definitely very blessed and 
just proud of the last month and just this and last entire season and just the work that we've put in and I've put in. So, yeah, it has to have just been an incredible experience. It's cool to hear about all the community support. I'm sure you've heard from so many people who have been a part of your journey, either on court or off over the, the 19 years you've been been here. So really awesome to hear. And I'm excited to nerd out a little bit with you down the home stretch around those runs in both the team event and the, the doubles event. This is normally the part of the show, Carson, where we will do some background about you. But I don't know if you know this. There is a very helpful presentation online. It is called Carson's Crazy Life, a CT production written by your fourth grade self that told me everything I needed to know about (laughs) Carson Tangillig growing up. Uh, But no, I do want to get to know a little bit more about you. I know that you are from the Atlanta area. And Carson's Crazy Life told me that you played multiple sports growing up. Talk to me about how you first started getting getting into tennis as well as other sports. Uh, yeah, my journey through tennis is actually a crazy one. And how it started is a little bit mind-blowing to me now that I look back on it. But uh, we've always been a basketball family. So basketball was always in the cards for me. Both my parents played in high school, not, not at the collegiate level, but both my siblings played. And then we ended up when the house my parents moved into when I was born, uh, they were there for three, four years. And then this tennis coach moves in across the street and he's like, Hey, you know, if your kids are ever bored, uh, let's like, if they want to come to the club, they can have some lessons with me. Um, everyone's welcome to come. And so my sister started and then my brother started and I would just go to those lessons. And then eventually they got into drills. And then I got into drills when I was old enough. I mean, I started at four, I think. And then from there, tennis kind of just took off. You know, I was homeschooled in fifth grade because we had like an awesome homeschool and high performance program where I was with my coach and he still lives there and he's been my coach ever since. So it's kind of a crazy journey and a meant to be moment because I don't really think I probably would have picked up rackets if it wasn't for him, you know, living there and take driving me to practice every morning. So that's a crazy whirlwind. And then I played high school basketball until junior year until COVID. And then also we just decided it wasn't worth it senior year because injuries and things like that. Um, And then I just played so many sports when I was little, I was like a little tomboy. So played, I think almost five sports at one point. So I've always been in sports doing something, an active kid. Yeah. So you mentioned, I mean, sounds like a pretty serendipitous moment for him to move across the street and sounds like he would have been involved in sports in general, but maybe not tennis specifically mm-hmm. had it not been for him. Uh, and you mentioned that you were still worked with him kind of throughout your entire junior career. Was that, was he based in the Atlanta area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Grant Stafford is my coach and he's from South Africa. He played on the pro tour for a while. He was, I think top 50, but yeah, he's been my coach ever since I was younger, whether it was more overseeing my tennis and having a different coach. And uh, ever since he's been my coach, uh, I see him every uh, every time I go back, winter break, summer break. And he's basically been with me through it all, and wow. which is kind of cool. And it hasn't, um, it's not like that for a lot of people, you know, they just go through different coaches. So it's kind of crazy. And I can't imagine my journey without him. And he's been such like an awesome part of it. So. Yeah, that's awesome to hear and awesome to have that continuity for mm-hmm. you know, someone throughout your entire career. 
You mentioned basketball, credit to the Johns Creek Online High <laughs> School, who informed me that you were the first player in Johns Creek history to be elected all state, leading them in scoring, rebound, assists, steals. Not bad for a basketball career, Carson. What prompted the decision to continue to play basketball through high school all the way through your junior year, uh, knowing that you were such a high-level tennis player as well? You know, I think it was just always a thing that I wanted to do. My sister, she was an outstanding high school basketball player, and seeing her was just something I always wanted to do. And unfortunately, we never matched up, so we were never able to play with each other in high school. But I think, I mean, I had friends on the team. I really liked the new coach that came in, and I love team sports. And for me, I always loved tennis, but mentally, too much tennis it got like the best of me. And so it was such a nice break or like distraction for three or four or five months out of the year to like, I mean, my schedule was insane, like going from tennis to basketball to lift, like all these sorts of things, but it was such a great distraction. And I think it helped my tennis, you know, it was honestly cross training. The uh, conditioning for basketball is tremendously helped my tennis and maybe, yeah, I could have gone other places with my tennis or, travel here, travel there. But I think basketball has always been such a fun part of my life and my parents love watching me play. So I think it was just, it was just a good thing overall for my body, um, my fitness and just my mental health, honestly, because when I couldn't play basketball my senior year and we decided not to, it was a bit of a struggle, you know, just being on the court every day and not necessarily playing tournaments. So um, I think that was, it, it was a bunch of different factors that played into, you know, keeping, keeping up with basketball. Yeah, because you don't see too many high-level juniors continue to play other sports throughout, but you always hear about the benefits of cross-training, which you mentioned. And in, in your case, it sounds like both mentally able to have somewhat of a distraction, not maybe put all your eggs in tennis and have another other avenue. I'm curious when you did make the transition to college tennis, which is a team sport, do you think mm -hmm. having played team sports, in particular basketball, made that transition to tennis as a team sport that much easier? A hundred percent. I say it all the time. I think playing a team sport is probably one of the best things any kid could do, no matter what they do, because I think uh, it teaches you so many things. You learn how to be a part of a team, which wasn't as hard of a transition for me. You know, I love being a part of a team. I love cheering on my teammates. Uh, I understand how dynamics work, and I think it was just super, super helpful in that aspect. And I think a lot of people would agree with me around me in my life would agree with me when I say like my transition was easy and basketball was like a huge part of that because it, my transition just to like a team was easy. And I credit that hundred percent to basketball and any team sport that I played. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard other players talk about, you know, the junior tennis grind being something where you have to be selfish and it's an individual mm -hmm. sport and coming into college, it's a team sport and you need to find ways to make sacrifices there that are, you know, baked into the process of other sports, right? You can be mm -hmm. a star point guard, but if the rest of your teammates are not at that level, you're probably not going to be that good. Uh, exactly. And so that makes a lot of sense uh, to help ease that transition into college. So looking at your college recruiting process, I know that you come from somewhat of a split family. I know your mom is a Carolina alum, but you're mm -hmm. from Georgia. Your older siblings went to Georgia. What were you looking for in a college and how did you ultimately narrow it down to Carolina? 
I think I didn't have too many specifications and I think I kind of felt it out a lot with coaches. I think I was just looking for a place where I knew I could progress and get better and better. And if I still wanted to like play pro by the end of my college career, I could see myself trending upward and being good enough and getting better at that school. And I think because I know what a team is like, it was important for me to like love the team and love what they've built there. And I mean, coach Brian and coach Ty are some of the best people around coach Shar this year, Sarah Davitella last year. It's just such a huge family. And I think you feel that when you come here, but I think it was just kind of a feeling for me and just talking to coaches, I think was the biggest thing for me. Um, but it was definitely different. You know, UGA was a home school, like a big school and a big option coming into the recruiting process, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just keeping my options open to everything. So I wasn't yeah. too picky. So when you were going through that recruiting process with North Carolina, you know, that they were perennially one of the top schools in the country. They hadn't yet won an NCAA team title. How much did the idea of winning a national championship for North Carolina factor into your recruiting process? I think it's funny you ask that because I honestly didn't know how good North Carolina was during my recruiting process because I just didn't hear a lot about it. And I was just so I'm not knowledgeable about college tennis and other top teams. And I knew of like UGA just because they're right down the road and you hear about it all the time, UGA tennis, UGA tennis. But I honestly didn't know and I didn't like realize the significance of national championships and how close they've been and how big of a conversation it was until I fully got to school. And so I don't really think it factored in at all because I just was just looking for a place where I could just be the best I could be and where I could thrive like academically and athletically. So I don't really think it played that big of a role because I don't ever remember telling my parents, oh, I could win a national championship here. I think that was just like, this is home. This might not be. So. Yeah, which is probably the right way to think about it. But what I'm hearing from you is that there's a side business for me in college counseling players and letting them know <laughs> the state of the world in college tennis, because I've had a few people tell me like, oh, I didn't know much about it. But ultimately, I'm glad that you were able to find a place that felt like home. I think regardless of whether you play college athletics or not, finding that fit for where you'll spend four years, formative years as well, uh, really important. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. You make that transition from junior tennis to college your first year, and you have a wildly successful freshman campaign. You're 20 and three in dual matches. You make the NCAA tournament where you earn all American status by making the round of 16 there. What was, you know, you talked about the transition to team tennis, maybe being easier than others. What was still a surprise for you about the transition into college tennis as a freshman? Definitely the physical, how physical it is and how focused you have to be for an entire match. I've never felt more, my body's never felt worse uh, since I've been to college after playing a match just because it's so physical. And I've never mentally had to focus and lock in as much as I have until I've got to school. Because in juniors, you run into those people where you focus for one set, the match is practically over. So I think you don't run into that a lot in college tennis. I think those are probably the two biggest areas and in dual matches. I think the most surprising thing is like how much I can focus and like not remember a match. Me and Fiona have this like running joke where we like quote black out because we do not remember a single point of the match. We get so like, we're so locked in, so nervous. And I've never felt that way before. 
before coming to school because it's just such a different feeling. I'm sure everyone can attest to that. But I just think probably those are the most surprising aspects, not necessarily like the team, like we were talking about, just more uh, matches and how much higher the level is than coming from junior tennis. So. Yeah, I'm sure the the mental uh, aspect of locking in is exacerbated by the fact that you have all these other matches going on that impact your match as well. Am I even going to finish things like that, that it does require mm-hmm. you to be that much more focused in on each point, each game for yourself rather than in junior tennis. Maybe it's I mean, there's not really those yeah. other distractions that are going on. Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot sense. of sense. So successful freshman year completed, you come in second year and you pick up right where you ended your freshman year. You make a deep run in All-Americans. You finish the fall ranked top 10 in the country. And then you also start to have a lot of success in doubles. You and Fiona, uh, Fiona Crawley, a junior rising senior now, North Carolina partner up and you win the Carolina regional. You make the final of fall nationals. You end the season number one in the country. What did ascending to that number one ranking mean to you? And had you fancied yourself as a excellent doubles player prior to this past year? I definitely think I, it's insane having a number one ranking anywhere, no matter what level. So I think it's just, I mean, it's crazy to think about, you know, you never think you're going to finish the year ranked number one. You never think you're even going to make it win an individual national championship. So I think it's just still crazy to me, another aspect that hasn't sinked in. But I think I've always kind of loved doubles a lot. I mean, in juniors, I had more success, a lot more success, especially in any of the ITFs I played. Uh, any Most of the junior tournaments, I was in it for doubles and not for singles. And I think I lost a little bit of that confidence freshman year. I Because it's definitely different, you know, like the format and being a little more aggressive. I usually... I was an aggressive doubles player, but, you know, I could pick and choose my battles playing two full sets and like clay courts and hard courts. And so I think I've always thought I was a good doubles player, but I think I definitely like had to really put a lot of emphasis on it and really focus on it and really figure out where my weak points are in my game, because there are so many ways that I could have, could have gotten better. And I think in the fall and the spring, uh, we just worked so hard and I finally, it like finally clicked in me when I need to go, um, like timing, things like that. And I just, once I get a feel for it, I very much, it's like becomes very instinctual for me. And I think at the end of the year, it just really clicked for me and Fee and even playing with Scotty, you know, she's so aggressive. So I want to be so aggressive. So then when I go back to playing with Fee, I'm still that aggressive player and it helps tremendously and I think that was one of the big reasons why I think me and Fiona clicked is because we played with different people for a little bit and then came back together so I always thought I was good at doubles but now it's kind of like the hard work that we put in this entire year paid off and I have a lot of confidence in myself yeah which is a good feeling yeah absolutely and I'm sure that that confidence both on the singles court and the doubles in the fall of your sophomore year kind of translated over into singles you move up in the lineup to start the year last season as a freshman you were playing primarily at the number five spot you move up to number three did you feel any additional pressure when making that move to kind of the top three of the North Carolina lineup the number one team in the country I mean it's definitely something you think about you know two spots yeah it might not seem like a lot but 
it's definitely a huge jump, especially, I mean, I realized it the second I started playing in those bigger ACC matches, you know, it's definitely a different level. And um, there's definitely a little bit of pressure that comes with it. And I think I had to get used to it a little bit and realize maybe I'm not going to be having the same success I was last year at five, especially as a freshman who has nothing to lose, nothing like just nothing to prove, just like going out there. And so I think there's definitely an added pressure, but towards the end, I guess I was there when it mattered and I contributed when it mattered. So that's really the part that I'm most happy with. And I think I handled it for the most part pretty well. You know, I had my ups and downs and um, low mental times, but I think overall it definitely is pressure and you definitely think about it. Um, But I think having everyone around us, no one talking about lineups, everyone being so happy for each other, no matter where we're playing, definitely calms you. And yeah. Yeah. So you talk about ups and downs. We have a lot of ups to get to, but I want to get to one down before we do. And that is the ACC championship match against NC State. Going into that match, those are very familiar foes. Not only had you and Fiona faced Rejecki and Miller prior in the fall season, you had also played Rejecki in a very back and forth match your freshman year, a come from behind victory for you. What was your mindset going into that championship match and how did things start to change for you after dropping doubles and seeing how hot Rejecki came out in singles? I think my mindset was kind of, you know what you need to do, uh, but it wasn't as aggressive as it should have been. And we've had so many conversations with the team about this, you know, and which is why I think we, we were so successful at the end of the year. But I think it was like, I know what I need to do. I've played her before. And even in the doubles, like we had played that team before, but in a different format, obviously. And I think just the target we have on our back and everyone was just kind of overthinking it a little bit. And especially, and then after we lost the doubles point pretty quickly, like me and Fiona's match wasn't very close. Um, definitely puts a, put a damper on the mood. And I didn't, wasn't, didn't come out in singles as confident as I would have liked. And, I mean, credit to Rejecki. She's had an unbelievable year and was playing unbelievable, especially towards the end of the year. So I definitely obviously could have played better in that match, but I think her coming out strong and me and not necessarily being in the right headspace after doubles was the reason why I came off the court so fast. And one of the reasons I just didn't show up very much that day. So, yeah. You talk about that match being helpful ultimately for you all down the home stretch of NCAAs. How did the team respond? What did those conversations look like about, you know, taking a loss in the ACC final? How did you use that to then motivate and fuel you all down the home stretch? I mean, coaches are saying it's probably as like horrible as it felt is probably one of the best things that could have happened to us because going into the NCAA tournament undefeated is so much harder than even just one loss that, you know, hurts you, but you learn so much from it. We just figured out so many ways to help each other. We had so many open and honest conversations about, oh, I can tell when you're feeling this way, what do you want from me? How we can stay connected better because we were very disconnected in that match just because there were so many, our fans were outnumbered by NC State fans and there was that like split level and there was just so much going on. And I think it changed our mindset into no one's going to hand this to us. We have to take it. And, you know, NC State prides themselves on their doubles. So we're like, 
if we can just go out there and just ball out, play loose, have so much fun, come out with like more energy than they've ever seen before, even if we lose the doubles point, they're they want that anyway. Like they're not expecting to lose it. So if we win it, like so good. But if not, we know we can still bounce back in the singles. And I think that just entire week in Orlando, just like taking, 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 uh, playing your game was just such a determining factor in why we did so well. And I think definitely that was probably the best thing that could have happened to us because at the end of the day, who cares if you have an undefeated season um, if you don't win at the end of the year. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And that was something that uh, those of us that were kind of commentating on it, were saying that this could be, could be the best thing to happen to North Carolina in that moment. So fast forward to Orlando, you come out against Texas, you know, a team that you all know well. You probably don't play your best tennis against that match against Zainalova. In the semifinals, you're facing Georgia. You drop the first set against Mel Riasco. True or false? Something clicked for you in Orlando in that second set against Mel Riasco that you carried with you through the rest of that team tournament and also through doubles. Um, very true. I, you know, I have after the Texas match, you know, I had that off day and Ty, our assistant or our associate head, he kind of noticed I was struggling mentally and had been a little bit the last week or two weeks or so just on the court, just with kind of just my mindset on how I'm playing, not necessarily being negative, just overthinking a lot of things in my head and it being not simple. And so we, he loves going on walks. Everyone on our team can attest to that. So we just went on a walk in Orlando and, you know, kind of talked it out and what was going on up there. And I think after that first set, I was like, just trying to remember all the things that I said, all the things that Ty had told me. And I think after I played like a first couple game, like first good couple of games in that second set, I was like, you're fine. You got it. Just play the way you know how. And you've played her. This is what my third time now, you know exactly what to do. It's just like the other times it's so... I just, that that was definitely something that clicked for me and gave me a ton of confidence going into the finals. So Yeah, absolutely. There was something that I saw in you and the kind of the way that you, it felt like for whatever reason, even though you were down a set in that semifinal match, there was almost like a burden lifted. You were playing a lot more free. I felt like you were engaging the crowd a lot more than you had in your previous match. Um, so that was, that was really fun to see. Let's fast forward to NC State. Again, you're facing these familiar foes. Watching that match, there felt like an inflection point with Scotty saving the set points in her first set and kind of the momentum shifting uh, at five and six. How much of a scoreboard watcher are you? And did you feel that momentum shift as well? I tend, I usually am not. And when I get into those like locked in moments, I don't tend to look around and the scoreboard in Orlando, like I couldn't see anything anyways. The big yeah, one, so yeah. I couldn't see anything at all was going on in five and six, unless I was like really looking over on the one side on Riley and Annika's score. So I didn't know what was going on personally. I was like, Oh, we're fine. Fiona's doing great. Like I can just hang on here. I'll be fine. You know, Scotty's doing well. Then I see Scotty. I think she went down six, five or she just lost to go six all in the first. And I was like, okay, like, it's fine. You know, Scotty's got it. She's whatever. And then I come, I think I'm, I think I was up a set in 3-0. And then I come to the close side with all the stands and I go look at Ani and Rai's score. And they're both down a set in 3-0 or some, something like that of that nature. And I was like, okay. Um, 
and immediately I just got like I got nervous. Obviously, Rajeki played was playing a lot better, uh, more normal to what she, I'm used to, and um, I think that was probably the determiner in the second set. But I really I tend to not be a scoreboard watcher, but that was just too much for me not to because I really wanted to know what was going on, and I genuinely had no clue. So I think that was a big, you know, I mean, not the best thing I could have done, but seeing them come back and Scotty next to me winning that first set, so much momentum. You know, Riley and Ani, I talked about it. Um, they, them coming back to win those sets was crucial. And the stuff that they had to deal with, like insane, but definitely gives you so much confidence to be like, okay, like it's okay. Hypothetically, if I don't clinch it here, I know my teammates are battling and they're still on the court and the scoreboard still says whatever it says. So it was one of the biggest reasons why I was able to pull through, I think. So, so there's so much credit goes to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that is the the undercard story of the championship match of just them staying out there. I mean, Scotty winning her match, taking those set, defending off those set points, keeping uh, five and six alive down there. Huge testament to the fight at the bottom of the lineup. And so you get up to the line, you hit that final forehand for a winner, you drop your racket. Is that a moment of blacking out or do you remember what was going through your mind in that moment? I I honestly I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I said that in the interview after with Coach. I, I do not remember why I decided to hit such an aggressive ball because that's just not in such a huge moment. I mean, thank goodness I did, but I remember I remember the game now that I watch it. I just do not know what was going through my mind. I didn't even know that was a second serve until I watched it back. I just think it was one of those blacking out moments where I was just like, you know what, like might as well go for it. You're up. I think it was 40-30 and whatever you did the first two points of the game is how you got your so or first two or three. So it was just kind of and Ty helps me a lot with just telling me where to serve at least. So I was just hoping between the first couple of balls, something would happen. Yeah. So ultimately you helped clinch the four one victory over NC State. What does that mean for you, the program, claiming the first NCAA team title? How special of a moment is that? It's something I'll never forget. And I look back on the pictures and I just get so I get chills because it's something so special and we've all wanted it so badly. We want it so bad for coach and it's special. Like all the stars seem to be aligning, you know, it's our Jordan year. It's the first, like we make history and I get to clinch it, even though me and Scotty were one point different away from each other. And uh, it was just such a surreal moment. And of course, I could have would have wanted all of my other teammates to have that feeling of clinching, but it was just genuinely one of the coolest things ever. And um, I would wish for anyone to experience that because it's something like no other, especially when it's the first one. Yeah, it's such a special moment. And it was an incredible atmosphere. It was a beautiful night match. Fans were out, as you know, the Carolina faithful turns out in yes. full. Um, so a really special moment for you and the team and the program. And you also then become the beneficiary of a day off between the team event and the uh, singles and doubles event. So you get a day off, you get to rest, and then you and several of your teammates, including partner Fiona Crawley, you guys come out in singles. But the story here is really in doubles. So you and Fiona Crawley, who had been ranked as high as number one earlier in the season, you come in unseated, pairing back up after not playing together for NCAAs. 
one of the biggest matches here was you faced um, Janice Chan and Savannah Brodus in the second round, number one team from Pepperdine. You win that match 6-1-6-1. Things were clearly clicking for you and Fiona. What was it? How did you guys come out so hot to start the tournament? I definitely think, I mean, me and Fee were just so excited to play with each other. You know, I love playing with Scotty, but I think we are just super excited. We miss each other. I'm sure Scotty and Reese miss each other as well. And so, and I think we just were so happy with how the team event went that anything extra that happened was just a bonus. And, you know, not like we didn't care, but and if we lost, you know, at least we won the, the team one, you know, so, which is obviously not how everyone looks at it, but. Um, I think we were all just obviously in a super great mood. And I think our first match against UGA, I mean, I could tell me and Fiona were just like clicking like that. I mean, not a lot of mistakes were being made. I was able to, you know, um, hold my will at the net and use my serve. I was serving really well by the end of that week. And so I think a lot of that clicked. And then in that match, I mean, there were so many points where we were just like, how did that go in? how did that point just happen? You know, Fiona likes to joke, like she just watches me do stuff, but both of us were hitting shots where we were just like, what the heck? So I think we were just kind of riding that high and we just kept it going and going, you know, and obviously we weren't expecting to beat them. However, I think one and one, and and especially with that rain delay in between after the first set. So I think me and Fiona were just very much playing our best tennis and in our best positions where I'm at the night and she's at the baseline. We were just, chugging away and we were super successful and I was I mean I was surprising myself so yeah it it felt like and it makes sense after winning the team event where that's the goal right all season long you're playing for that there felt like you were playing with a freeness right and when you're doing that and Fiona's back at the baseline you're moving at the net I think things were were going well for you you don't drop a set until that final where you face Scotty and Brant Meyer, your teammates. This is the first time since Stanford in 2005 that teammates have faced off in the women's doubles final. Felt a little bittersweet, like nice to have Carolina uh, in the final. What an awesome representation for the strength of the program. Also awkward, right, to have to play your teammates. How did you and Fiona go about preparing for that match? And did you guys discuss ahead of time, like, how you would handle celebrations and come-ons because it was a very muted affair. Yeah, I think I definitely had some training from the fall when I played Abby and Fee in All-American. So, and I think our teammates, some of them kind of saw how we were and that it can be possible. It's go- it's going to be fun, but it's also going to be a little bit awkward uh, as it always is. And, you know, we play each other in practice every single day. So we know each other's games inside and out. And I think, I mean, we prepared the same way we did the other nights. We all ate dinner together. We all hung out. You know, um, Fee, me and Fee brought the wrong match shirt, but it ended up working because I kind of matched Reese and she kind of matched Scotty. Like, we were just making jokes the entire time, like high socks versus low socks. And then uh, when we got on the court, you know, it was from the first start, first winner anyone hit or any ball, we were just like, I hate this. But we're just like, it is what it is. And I think we didn't really discuss anything about like celebrations and whatever, but if something were to happen, I think we would both teams would respect that, you know, it's obviously not personal and that's how we get our fire and our fuel. So, yeah. 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 
So ultimately, you and Fiona get the 6-1-2-6-11-9 win fun scoreline there. Pretty lopsided until it wasn't there in the mm-hmm. tie break. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, first double crown winners to win team and doubles since Stanford in 2010. That was Hilary Bartet and Lindsay Burdett. And you now get the U.S. Open wildcard. It's already been announced. Uh, talk about, you know, the winning the title and also getting the reward of the U.S. Open wildcard, what that means to you and Fiona. You know, yeah, winning the title is was awesome. Obviously, like you said, a little bit bittersweet. But, you know, either way, both of us were going to be happy. And we obviously love Scotty and Reese, so would have been probably going to New York to watch them. So um, I think it was definitely it's definitely awesome. And I'm super proud of BNI. And just the four of us for making it that far, but obviously it's not, it's a different situation. And then as far as US Open goes, like I said in the beginning, it still hasn't hit. And I'm just super excited. You know, it's something you dream of as a little girl to be playing in a Grand Slam and what an awesome opportunity is to be playing in my home slam in New York City and have people that want to come watch me and are like, when are you playing? And I'm like, I have no idea, but please come. We'll take all the support we can get. So, you know, it's just surreal still. And I know like people are like, oh my gosh, my friend's playing in the US Open. And I like hate when they say that, but it's just like crazy to think about like when I actually think about it. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Well, they're telling the truth, right? You will be playing <laughs> in the US Open. You haven't played a pro tournament though since 2019. So will that change leading up to the US Open? Will you and Fiona try and play some events together in preparation? We were thinking about it. We were talking about it today. You know, Fiona has Fiona and Reese have that uh, team uh, travel yeah, opportunity this summer, so summer they have a team. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure what it was called, and so we're thinking about it. I have some things I have to get done this summer, um, and injuries to heal, and just things like that. So uh, it would be more, I think, of a July um, situation. But I think we we're trying to for sure, and if not, it is what it is we'll be in top of the training when school starts probably before that. So uh, that would be ideal, but me and Fiona still have to figure it out. Um, and we're definitely still on that like high, like rest, like we're still on a high from NCAAs, yeah. but also need to rest and just trying to figure out what we're doing. I mean, we're coaching camp this week. So like tournaments are kind of not on the tip of my mind at the moment, but definitely a conversation to be had. That's fair. I think you can live in that NCAA high for as long as it will <laughs> last you. And then you can focus on on pro tournaments or just tournaments in general this summer. But when you think about post-graduation, is pro tennis something that you are looking forward to doing after graduation? Have you figured that out yet? Definitely. Um, I think coming into school, I was always, I 100% wanted to try out pro tennis and get as good as I can get in a college setting with all the resources that I do have. And so it's been a blessing to be here. And I think I'm just at this point, like my mindset is I'm not, I obviously want to try and go pro and I want to do all of that, but I'm not putting any pressure on myself to like make a timeline or be like, I want to do that. I want to do win X tournament so I can play X tournament and making a huge deal out of it. Cause I think just the way my mind works if things happen, they obviously I'm going to work super hard. And if things happen, they do. And 
if I do well, awesome. If I don't, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to, you know, even try and play professional tennis. So something, something I want to do yeah. regardless of how I finish out here. Good. Well, I, I love to hear that. Love to see you um, tried out on the pro tour. Last two questions for you. You talked about maybe not setting like exact goals, but you look at your partner, Fiona, this past year, she made a really big jump between her sophomore and junior year. If you were able to, if you were to make a similar jump, right, ascend to kind of one of the top singles players in the country, what would it be in your game that you would want to focus on improving between now and maybe next May? I definitely think, I I mean, a big obvious one would be just mentally knowing what, like what my game is and who I am and my identity as a player, because I think it gets a little lost sometimes. And it's probably the reason why I split sets so many times and people have mentioned that to me, but I think just being consistent mentally and sticking to what I know, knowing what I'm confident in. And I mean, there's just things in my game, obviously that I can improve that. I mean, everything in anyone's game can obviously be improved. But I think for me, a lot of it is mental and it's not necessarily like something specific in my game, but I think it's just super mental, you know, my belief in myself and, knowing that my train, like I trust my training, uh, knowing what I want to do, just being more confident in my decisions on the court. And that helps me play so much better. Like I can just flip a switch when my mind is in the right place. So I think being in that good mindset and just playing more matches will help. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I mean, you think about playing more matches, getting repetition, really more practice and kind of being in that mental headspace over the course of, you know, a two plus hour match. So last question for you, and particularly with the US Open on the horizon, I'm just going to keep saying it so it sinks in (laughs) that you're playing in the US Open. Uh, Have you been able to take advantage of any NIL opportunities? And if so, what has those what have those opportunities looked like for you? I wish I have more. Me and Reese were talking about this today, actually, like, we're going to start holding ourselves accountable and like actually doing the things we just, I don't, it's just kind of, I don't know. None of us just really know what we're doing and we just want to figure out what we're doing. But I mean, I've done little things. I did something for my friend's dad's company. Um, and you know, there's, there's obviously just perks with like going into your local store and then being like, Oh my gosh, you're on the tennis team. Like, let me get you something or whatever. But I personally have not done much with NIL. I wish I have. Um, so if anyone's listening, there you um, go. please hit me up. You know, I would love to do anything, honestly. Um, but me and the rest of the team, I think, want to be better about it and hopefully, you know, take advantage of the time we still have at Carolina. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, winning the first team title and also for you and Fiona to be going to the US Open to maybe get an interview on ESPN or something like that, right? There's clearly brand value there. So if people are listening, you can find Carson, you can find her teammates uh, online. Uh, But Carson, it's such a pleasure to chat with you today. Really appreciate you coming on the show and just congrats again on an incredible season. It's been so fun to watch you and all of your teammates make history. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit more about your journey with your entire career and in particular the past few years. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome coming on here. And uh, again, I just appreciate what you do for college tennis. It's awesome to have so many you and Alex and just everyone supporting us so much and getting the word out because I think college is college tennis is one of the best college sports. 
to watch. So we're biased, but I definitely agree. Yes, so. slightly biased. Cool. Thank you, Carson. Thank you. <laughs>